We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone. Hello. Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Aaron. On our show we like to talk about things related to pop culture. And not so pop culture. And this time we've got a bit of a potpourri-ish episode, kind of like a uh, a grab bag, maybe. A grab bag. You grab a bag and it's full of potpourri. That's this episode. But first. Yes. No context corrections. Yes. Um, I'll take the, may I take the first one? You may. Derek's sister that I said died of a brain tumor is still super alive. She had a brain tumor, and she was like, oh gosh, the only people that could operate on this are me or Derek. And it was like, oh man. But then I guess someone came in and was like, hey, people have called me the me or Derek of my field, which is your field. And then she's like, cool, get in my head. I feel like the writer's room should have workshopped that one a little bit more. It was late, and they were trying to go home. (laughs) And it was also like season 17. exactly. Nobody's watching the show anymore. It's fine. Um, Except for... uh, Diana? Diana, who corrected us. Thank you for that, Diana. Thank you, Diana. Second, Rayanna corrected us that uh, back on... We were talking about the greatest... Oh, back in the Carrie episode, um, I said that the guy who played Tommy in Carrie from 1976... Looked like the greatest American hero. We mm-hmm. had the theme song, Believe It or Not, I'm Walking on Air, uh, which was used in Seinfeld. Uh, George made a uh, an answering machine message using that. Not Simpsons. Simpsons okay. used The Hustle, which was Leave the Message, and then a scene plays out while Homer is in the background doing the instrumental version of The Hustle, and then they come back to him after the scene. He's like, after the beep, and hits the thing. So that's the okay. thing I was thinking of. I was mixing it up with this thing from a Seinfeld that I randomly knew, which is not something that has ever, like me making a Seinfeld reference is kind of a, 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 a white unicorn. Yeah. Mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. Is white unicorn a phrase? No, but I'm just saying. Unicorns it's, are typically white. Right. But like, I'm saying it's like a very rare, like it's like a black unicorn. A spectral binocorn? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, no context corrections for I stuff do, we've said I, before? I do. Um, so we have had that NCC plus the two that I'm about to say sitting on our list that we have been forgetting to yeah. mention since October, since the Carrie episode. Yeah. They were. I think they were all from the Carrie episode. Nice. The two I am going to give are in an outtakes episode that won't come out until probably February. So when you get to that outtakes episode, remember that I did, in fact, see Alice Ripley in Next to Normal in D.C., and she was great. Okay, yep. And also, you do, in fact, grow new taste buds every one to two weeks. Nice. Good Good to know. Now, uh, if you're feeling disoriented, that's because you just experienced raw no-context corrections. Those are that's That's pure and uncut right there. You have no context for those corrections, but you will. Yep. I saw Alice Ripley in 2008. Oof. That was a long time ago. Yeah. 10 years. So we have <laughs> uh, we have sort of an increasing volume of size of things I want, we want to talk about. I have in my hand. We two. do our own Foley work we here do. at UFO. Oh, man. It's so windy in here. Oh, no. Oh, things are blowing around. Okay. Um, so I was trying to catch up on. Ooh. I was trying a thing and then I made myself laugh halfway through it. That might sound too gross to make it into the episode. I kind of hope it doesn't, though. 
you know if i leave that in the episode i apologize listeners but only a little bit (laughs) so anyways like i was saying (laughs) i was trying to catch up or on thanksgiving uh with my entertainment weeklies because uh, my wife reads them as they come she just reads them sure like a normal normal I guess normal person is yeah. really what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I don't. <laughs> so I have a big stack. I'm shocked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your, your shocked face is, uh, yes, very subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is from the April 6th, 2018. It was a double issue, April 6th to 13th. At least it's this year. No, yeah, because we got the subscription this year. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so I'm going to read this one first. This one, so it was sort of like a retrospective reunion sort of issue. It was kind of like a double issue or whatever. Okay. So they did things from the 80s and things from the 90s. Okay. It has to be really cool to work at Entertainment Weekly because it sort of feels like, I don't know, what do you want to write about? Actually, I feel like we could apply to Entertainment Weekly. I was going to say, does it feel kind of like how we're approaching this episode? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? So this is an article um, that I'm not going to read because it's just a huge long article and that's sure. not what we brought. But this is basically an article about all the times when Stephen King and Steven Spielberg almost worked together and then didn't. Oh. They basically, they're, they've followed basically career trajectories that are basically exactly the same, but they've never crossed paths. Interesting. Spielberg has pr- executive produced Under the Dome. Okay. Um, But like... Executive produced sort that of means, means nothing. Give them money. Money. That's right? yeah. I think not so. actually having a hand in the actual nitty gritty of it. Exactly is is my is my understanding based same. on nothing. Based, yeah. For me, based on nothing. Um. Yep. Same. They were going to do an adaptation of the Talisman. Okay. Um. In uh, it was nineteen eighty four. It was sort of like I think the the late eighties. Hold I think, on. I think we have that one. Yeah, we do. It's by Peter Straub. It's um. Is it, I think it's behind the tiara. Yeah, it's right. It's right behind the tiara. It's right next to Sleeping Beauty. Must be weird to listen to our show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, Spielberg owns the the option on the Talisman. Oh, okay. They keep like they're like we're gonna do a miniseries, but it was basically gonna be too too expensive. Okay. Um, and then it talks about how there are a bunch of Stephen King references in Ready Player One, which Steven Spielberg directed. Sure. Um, which I haven't seen yet, but I want oh, to. Oh, yeah. There's like a massive Shining reference. Yeah. Like it's also... not even a reference. It's way more than a reference. Right. It's a scene. It's like an entire scene that... A level. Yeah. Yeah. And then apparently uh, uh, the car from Christine is among scores of other cars in a giant race. Um, oh, yeah. The Plymouth Race. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then it says, at some point in the mid-80s, while King's family was visiting L.A., the two men did spend a day together. Spielberg bought, brought a toy clock for King's son, Owen who just co-wrote the novel Sleeping Beauties with his dad. It didn't work at first, and he went crazy trying to get it to work, King recalls. Maybe there's... And then we wrap up the article with the metaphor of the clock. So, oh, okay. Steven Spielberg and Stephen King worked... Might work together, might work together at some point. Basically, yeah. Th- this thing is basically like, here's all the times when they didn't work together, but they were having these like, you know, when St- when Stephen King was writing Carrie, Steven Spielberg was doing Jaws and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, they might do the talisman soon. So that's that. It would be nice if they would. I mean, yeah. like, if there's ever a time to do it, I feel like now is that time. Oh, yeah. I think we're definitely in peak Steven. Yeah. Because of our episode, uh, New mm-hmm. Year's, Redo Year's Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, this, we did work him into that, right? I think he was the screenwriter. Steven, okay. And I think Steven Spielberg directed. Okay, good, good. Um, that so was th- last year. Yeah. So this is, um, I, this is why I kept it. And you can see I folded the pages down because The Secrets of the Sandlot. Ooh. Um, there are three stories here. One of which is that the guy that played, um, oh, they 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 originally cast eight to ten years to eight to ten year olds, and then they're like, 
oh no, this doesn't work at all. Why? Because they were too young. Oh, okay. They needed to be like almost adolescent. Like the characters did? Yeah. The kids were younger, eight to 10 years old. So the casting director, Sherry Rhodes, and I put together an ensemble of kids, says the director. But when we finally got them all in the same room together, it was instantly obvious it wasn't going to work. They were like babies. We had to get older kids. Okay. Uh, The second story is basically how none of the kids could play baseball at first. (laughs) And the third one is the one I want to read you in its entirety. Oh, sure. It's uh, titled, That Magic Moment Almost Never Happened. Oh. Evans says recasting the movie with 12 and 13-year-olds meant a profound hormonal difference Mm -hmm. that had to be addressed in the film. This change led to the addition of the scene where bespectacled squints Chauncey Leopardi pretends to drown so he can kiss lifeguard Wendy Peppercorn, played by Marley Shelton, and I think that's going to be important later that we know that her name is Marley. Okay. Chauncey played a goofball in the movie, but he was the complete antithesis of that in real life. He was a little player. Okay. Says Evans. Before we shot the scene, I took him to the side and gave him one of the finest bits of direction I believe that I have ever uttered. I said, you listen to me. He's looking up at me. What? I said, you keep your tongue in your mouth. You understand that? (laughs) He said, okay, okay, I will, I will. We got the kiss shot on the first take. We're about to move on when Chauncey goes, Dave, I think I can do that better. Can we do that again? Little shit. I look at Marley and she laughs and goes, yeah, we can do it one more time. Aw. So I found that incredibly charming. And also Chauncey Leopardi grew up to be rather attractive. So mm-hmm. like. I'm interested that they say that he was the complete antithesis of his character because what they just described was exactly squints. Right. But if you, but squints in that scene is way different than squints in every other scene in that True. movie. True. Yeah. To the point. You know, I've actually never really thought about that. Yeah. Because I don't think we talked about that in our Sandlot episode. No. How that one scene has is like a complete yeah. 180 from everything else that that character does in the movie. Yeah. But it really doesn't in, make any sense. He's in the pool. He's like, oh, man. Oh, um, like he like you he's, see the change take place. He's pool horny. Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't know. I'm not a 12 year old boy. I feel like our listeners are going to connect to that pretty well. <laughs> Pool horny? Pool horny. Let's transition. (laughs) (laughs) To erotica! Other horny stuff. (laughs) So we wanted to take a moment to talk about new erotica for feminists, which we've had uh, Caitlin on twice this year to talk a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now we have the books in our hands. Yep. Some good Foley work. Hold on. Let's get a little bit of a, let's get some page turning ASMR here. Hold on. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm going to cut your hair now. Or perhaps I'd like to knead some bread near you. I've never watched ASMR. The only ASMR I've ever watched was actually turning pages because I was trying to capture the audio for another project. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, Reading glasses, I've told you this many times. Between scenes, they transition. You hear it go from your right ear to your left ear, uh-huh. the page turn. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um. So we have these books, signed copies, no big deal. Yeah, like signed like with our names and personal messages. Yep, yep. Um, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit. I was noticing... <clears throat> um. I think the thing that I like most about this, I want to read. I want to read a couple selections because I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to say you should buy it. It's available on Amazon. You should do it. Um, one thing that I noticed is that these are kind of like, um, I feel like they're sort of like. Now I'm. This is gonna be a jump. Ready for this is a jump. Uh huh. 
I don't know how to pronounce the word. Okay. But I think it's koans, like Buddhist koans. K-O-A-Ns. Okay. It's sort of like little, short, like three-sentence things that are supposed to make you like think. Okay. And like maybe meditate on a little bit. Okay. They f- This feels like that in, in like, I mean, not the like multi-page ones, but like the ones where it's like just like a paragraph. A paragraph. Yeah. Those are like, like the, um, the, uh, mom I'd like to fund. Um, there's a, there's one in there. that's like, oh man, she's such a milf. A mom I'd like to fund. And it's mm-hmm. like a, a, and she, Caitlin talked about that at the, yeah, at yeah. the reading. Um, there's things where it's like, huh, weird. Like it, 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 like there's more to think about in them than is on the page, which I think is, is really interesting. There's sort of yeah. like, like, what is this against? What is this, like, what is this railing against? What is the comedy? Like, I think there's, they're very fun to sort of break down uh, in my head. So like, sure. I've noticed that um, the it, it really holds up to multiple readings, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, I have not yet read it multiple yeah. times. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so maybe we could uh, read a couple of our favorites. Sure. Um, you start. Okay. I have marked them with magic cards because I'm so cool. You, you are very cool. Okay. <clears throat> this had escalated from flirtation to addiction so quickly. I needed the rush every day, sometimes twice a day, and I knew exactly where to indulge my very my every intense craving. My body shivered as I gathered the many sacraments of this lustful worship to me. Oils, pillows, chocolates, and so, so many candles. Each time, I promised myself I just needed a little bit more, knowing I wouldn't, couldn't stop there. I always lost myself so completely, so willingly. I walked up to a woman in red, feeling her knowing gaze pierce me, see me. Wow, that sure is a lot of candles. Your total is $192.60, she said. Thanks for shopping at Target. <laughs> oh, that was very good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. May I read one? Yeah. The pizza delivery car pulls up outside. It's right on time and so, so hot. The delivery guy hands it over with an appropriate smile and says, Enjoy. I hope you're not sharing it with anyone if you don't want to. I believe everyone is in control of their own bodies and should never be shamed for what they decide to eat or not eat. (laughs) He makes no effort to come inside because that would be weird and alarming. I smile and give him a reasonable tip for his normal behavior as I shut the door. (laughs) Time for the crown. Which I've never watched. Yeah. I've never watched the crown. Kristen has, uh, seems, seems good. Yeah. Seems I think good. Kevin watched it. Yeah. I think it's got the 11th Doctor on it. Is that the one that has yep. Matt Smith? Yep. But like blonde and like... He's Prince... You're weird looking? He's Prince Dude. He's he's the dude. <laughs> Prince Dude? Yeah, yeah. He's the guy. Yeah. He's, he's... um. I don't find Matt Smith attractive to begin with. I really don't find him attractive as a blonde. Yeah. He, he seemed fine. Claire Foy is real hot. She was just on SNL. Claire Foy is... The queen. Like oh, the, okay. Yeah. I was like, should I Elizabeth. know who she is? No. No. I, okay. I, I I keep being like, oh, yeah, I know her from, right, the the crown being on while I walked into, uh, walked room. from room to room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have one. Uh, I think it's a literary one. Okay. So I'm going to read it and then uh, I want to give a, I want to give just a, a bit of context for people that didn't read this short story in high school. Okay. <clears throat> I was on my hands and knees, trickles of sweat running in rivulets between my breasts. I'd never wanted anything more. And yet this wallpaper was just so resistant. As I scraped, the tendrils and curls of the bilious yellow pattern seemed to adhere (laughs) even more strongly to the wall. But that was ridiculous, wasn't it? I confided my worries about the wallpaper to my husband, John. 
He said that there must be a simple explanation, but regardless, my time would better be spent writing than stripping wallpaper. I sighed with relief. Other people might think it inappropriate for a new mother to work her way through her malaise by penning a novel, but my husband is a physician and he understands the need for a vocation. So we hired a handy person to strip the paper and paint the walls a calming blue. I used the room as my writing studio and wrote a feminist novel for the ages. Nice. And of course, that is a reference to the yellow wallpaper where a lady goes crazy stripping wallpaper. Yes. And no one believes her. Yep. May I also read a literary reference? Yeah, absolutely. His hand trailed across her breast, tracing a shape with his finger. I'm so glad that they didn't make you wear a scarlet letter after all, Arthur said. I mean, you had thought your husband was lost at sea. It was an honest mistake. It definitely was, Hester said, running her fingers through his surprisingly silky hair. I've also been thinking, your embroidery is so exquisite and the people here don't appreciate it. Want to move to New York and open up a shop? I was thinking it might be nice to hire shunned fallen women so they have livelihoods. <laughs> yes, Hester cried, falling into his arms and starting the arduous process of removing nine petticoats. <laughs> then they had really hot sex by Puritan standards, so just missionary with light kissing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's how The Scarlet Letter should have been. Yeah, absolutely. I hated that book so much. I didn't get what was going on very much, I recall. We had to read that over a summer, I think. Yeah. And I had summer... we had to like do a do a journal and stuff. Yeah, it was a summer after freshman year because yeah. I I seem to recall being in Donahue's class. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I don't think that I got as much of the nuance as I would now. Yeah. But I definitely remember reading it and being like, "This is bullshit." Did Overdue do Scarlet Letter? Probably. I want to listen to that. I have one more. Okay. It's about it's a parent it's in the parenting section. Okay. Which uh, the parenting section was my favorite section. Okay. So here we go. Also, I this is the one that I think I relate to most of all. Okay. <clears throat> I take a deep breath. I know I need to be bolder in reaching out for the things I desire. She's exactly the type of person I want to be with. Would you like? She raises her eyebrows at me. Overcome, I let the words out in a rush. To set up a play date between the kids this week. My favorite mom at the park smiles. I was about to ask you the same. I'm so relieved to find another parent I genuinely enjoy spending time with. <laughs> because uh, playdates are like dating and it feels so weird yes. in every regard. Yes. God. <laughs> yes. Do I like this parent? Does my kid like their kid? The... Did you get their number? <laughs> now, which is worse? When the kids still require supervision and the kids get along fine, but you don't like the parent or... When the kids don't require supervision, the kids don't particularly get along, but you really want to hang out with the parent. Oh, it's the, it's that one. That one's harder. Yeah. Because it because that that one is sort of like, but nevertheless, let's hang out. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's like any time we get together with our kids because yeah. they always manage to. Kaylee and Kaylee usually manages to find something to be upset about. I f- I feel like my kids get their fair share. I feel like my kids come in with like raw nerves exposed all the time yeah kinda expectations at an all-time high yeah yeah i wonder if it's because they don't see each other that often and so all of them have such high expectations for how the play date is going to go that they can't just be chill and play it's a it's an it's definitely an expectations thing and like a i've talked about databases before right like my kids have a database where it's like best friend lorelei best friend kaylee yeah and it's like they're friends and they know each other but in sort of like cousins sort of way yeah where it's like, yeah, they're fine. I have better friends, though. Like, yeah. 
it's and and with good reason they are they don't go to the same school they don't go to the same school they They honestly don't have that much in common right all of them and it's and they get along just they get along fine yeah with that regard but like i think they come over with like oh man finally best friends reunited again wait you want to do what now (laughs) yeah our kids do better with playground play dates yep absolutely common ground yeah Playing, like dogs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, playing at one of the houses usually ends up being stressful. Yep, yep. Um, I have a parenting one okay. that is quite short. I open my blouse. My naked <laughs> breast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. you're fine. <laughs> I open my blouse, my naked breasts peeking through for a fleeting moment. I breastfeed my child in public. It is extremely uneventful, and everyone is chill about it. <laughs> uh, I, I want to clarify the laughing was because I knew which one that was and not about... Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Uh, anything else. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Moving swiftly on. This. Everybody should go get a copy. Of yeah. Book. No. For real. Like this is this is like the first thing I've I've seen where it's like oh that was a funny McSweeney's article. Yeah. But can they do it in a book? Yeah, they can. Yeah. And from what I've heard, they can do it again and again, yeah. and they should. So yes. you should write to their publisher, um, Plume, uh, P L U M E, uh, and. That is um, an imprint of Penguin Random House. Uh, they are on Twitter. Their their logo is like a P that's like kind of looks like a, the cinnamon roll part, like a the cinnamon part of a cinnamon roll. Yeah. Um. So look for Plume Books and send them a message that says, "Hey, give them more money so they can make more of these books because they have ideas." Yeah. They have lots and lots of ideas, and these are these are four funny women. So. Yeah, they're all super cool. They are we, really really cool. Like we didn't get to talk to Brooke and Fiona that much when we went to the uh, did we mention on air that we went to the reading uh we mentioned how cool it is that we have signed copies yeah so they they did a reading um in dc and we eventually made it there yes we sure did dc metro system yep and so afterwards brooke and fiona had uh flights to catch so we didn't get to chat with them for very long but we hung out with caitlin and uh carrie for a little bit and yeah it was awesome they're all very very nice they're very funny women yep and you should go support them you should absolutely go support them yep this book makes great gifts yeah it's almost like yeah you should buy it for holidays i know Mm, i'm gonna take a risk my sister doesn't listen to the show i don't think i got it for my sister for 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 christmas because it's right up her alley so like i'm really really stoked about that yeah i got it for a friend cool who i don't think listens to the show but just in case yep I'm not going to mention her name. Cool. She'll know who she is. Yeah. Looking at you, Baloris. Yeah, Baloris. How did... I said we weren't going to say sorry. her name. I'm sorry. I just... God, now I'm going to have to edit that out. I always have Baloris on the mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's pretty awesome. <laughs> she it's, is. It's easy to have her on the brain. She's adorable. Balorable. Deplorable. <laughs> she's not deplorable. I can tell you that much. <laughs> okay. Um, Should we move on to our main event? Let's let's move on to our, our main event, our headlining event. It's a... Guys strap in because it's a music one so like it's a music one and long-time listeners to this show or short-time listeners to this show should know or anyone who knows me like at all (laughs) should know that this is a rare occurrence in fact this may be the first time we're going to have such just such an occasion that has made it to air yes so we're going to be talking a little bit about chicago's own fallout boy yeah we are i guess I want to talk about how I got into them, and then you want to talk about how you got into them? Sure. Cool. Um, I started off really, really not liking them. Really? Yeah. Um, that surprises me. The song Saturday was on two consecutive Vans Warped Tour comps. Okay. And in the context of the album Take This to Your Grave, it's a good song. In the context of a of a Vans Warped Tour comp, it's maybe not 
the best showing for them. Okay. Um, so I had that that I didn't love. Then I heard the song Dead on Arrival, which was okay. like the single from that. From that, And I, did, I was like, this song is just them being like dead on arrival. Until, so this was the turning point for me. The turning point was twofold. There were two turning points. It was like a, a U-turn. Okay. Because um, I turned around on it. In Dead on Arrival, the chorus is, um, this conversation's been dead on arrival. This con- And then it's like, um, something, something, this conversation's been dead on, period. Arrivalry goes so deep. So okay. that switch of dead on arrival to dead on arrivalry goes so deep. I was like, oh, wait, hold on. They're great lyricists. Uh-huh. Um, and they're clever lyricists. Mm-hmm. And um, so with regard to that, I um, I thought I, I, I was pretty sure when I got here that um, it was sort of like a Chad and Steve sort of thing in Newfound Glory where Jordan sings, but other people have written stuff. Sure. And in Newfound Glory... Chad writes, I guess now he writes both the music and the lyrics. Because at one yeah. time, Steve wrote lyrics and Chad wrote music or whatever. But now Steve wrote. Sure, so. yeah. Pete Wentz writes everything lyrics-wise. And Pat- oh, does he? Yeah. And oh, so, I didn't know that. Uh, and then Patrick Stump writes the music stuff. Interesting. Okay. Except for Take This to Your Grave. And I want to read you this this bit um, from the article for Take This to Your Grave, which I thought was really funny. So I was like, okay. okay, so I think that Pete Wentz writes all the stuff because that just strikes me as the thing. That is the thing. Okay. Um, but it says, while Patrick Stump had previously written all of its lyrics and took them lightly, Pete Wentz took, the pro- took to the process with considerable seriousness and obsessively picked apart his bandmates' lyrics, which to me is the whole band encapsulated in one sentence where it's like, <laughs> Patrick's like, yeah, we're just having fun. I'm singing. And Pete Wentz is like, yeah, I'll be in my room writing lyrics. Uh-huh. Um, there's a line on the new album. And Andy and Joe are probably eating Cheetos and... Getting tattoos? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Does Joe have a bunch of tattoos? Uh, I don't know. I don't either. I've but never seen him without his shirt. probably went with Andy. Yeah. Yeah. To, to get the tattoos. Yeah. And eat the Cheetos. Exactly. There's a line in on the new album that's like, um, I'll stop wearing black when they make a, dollar, a darker color. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, Pete, got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because uh, it's so funny because like, I feel like Patrick Stump is like kind of like a golden boy. He's uh-huh. like, he has his blonde hair and he's sort of like, he's gone through some weight fluctuations and stuff. And he's like this sweet guy with like a nice voice. Yeah. And then you look over at Pete Wentz and you're like, oh, that's the guy that wrote that. <laughs> like well, eyeliner and like kind of dark broody stuff going on, I hoodies. I feel like there's a reason why Pete Wentz is kind of the face of... Like, when you think Fallout Boy, the face you picture is Pete Wentz. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just because he is, let's go ahead and have this conversation, objectively the most attractive? Okay. Objectively, yes. Though, in recent years, I've really come around on Patrick Stump. Same. So watching the videos that I watched from the Young Youngblood Chronicles yeah. was kind of what turned me on it. Because mm-hmm. at the very beginning, I'm like, what are you doing with that hair and that hat and those glasses? Yeah. And then he gets like all gritty and yeah. like kind of really hot. Yeah. 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 I think Pete is objectively the more attractive. I think Patrick fluctuates between being kind of a goober yeah. and being surprisingly attractive. Yeah. Joe, with shorter hair, is quite good looking. Sure. I can only see Joe as the really creepy guy in the Dance Dance video who's like grossly hitting on women yeah. and stuff and i feel so bad for that yeah <laughs> because that's a character yeah and not who he is but nevertheless i'm like ooh, gross with his brown shirt and his eyes being all gross i don't know i feel really bad he did a really great job in that video because yeah i've permanently cast him forever as the gross one as the gross one so this feels like a good transition into something real quick and then we can move 
swiftly away? Sure. Okay. My, my thing? Yeah, let's talk about Andy Hurley. Yeah, so... The drummer. Andy Hurley is the drummer. And I just want to read the section of his Wikipedia page that says personal life and views. Let's, let's, let me really quick paint a, paint a uh, mental picture of what Andy Hurley looks like and the whole thing he presents uh-huh. so that I think this might, this might. So Andy Hurley with shirt looks like a, just a nerdy dude. Sure. He has long hair. He has glasses. I think he has piercings on his yeah. lip and stuff, but mostly kind of looks like he, he is, you know, band geek makes good. Yeah. Um, then he drums, I think, with his with his shirt not on. Um, and not that it matters because you can't see any of his body because of all the tattoos. I'm pretty sure I would have to need a side by side comparison. I'm pretty sure he has more tattoos than Travis Barker. I think he has more skin covered than Travis Barker, who is very much yeah. tattooed. I think Andy Hurley has him beat. So yeah. this is a nerdy dude playing drums, but he is very tattooed. So it's a very big uh, visual sort of uh disharmony i'm not sure sure anyways so he's apparently has some has has some views yes okay hurley is the only member of fallout boy to remain straight edge okay which fine yep i have no beef with that he's been he has no okay he's been vegan since he was 16 so neither does he again i have no problem with being vegan hurley identifies himself as an anarcho-primitivist Okay. Explaining that this means he believes that humans are supposed to live the way they lived prior to 10,000 years ago. Oh, so he does paleo. Cool. When asked about this in the February 2007 issue of Alternative Press, he said that his career contradicted his beliefs, but at the same time, he had to make a living. Oh, okay. So (laughs) I am not here to yuck yums. If he wants to be an anarcho-privatist, that is primitivist. Right. That is fine, I guess. Yeah. But like, huh? Yeah. What? I know that there's a... Hum- human beings are supposed to live the way they lived prior to 10... That- what? Yeah, that's weird. It's very weird. I want... I would... I- I'm sure that there's a... Well, he doesn't... But if he doesn't live the lifestyle, then what does he even... Well, yeah. And no. And then the fact that he's like, yeah, I've got this, you know, I've got this job that goes completely against everything I believe in, but, you know, money and stuff. February. Like, yeah. it just... Yeah, that is weird. It sort of sounds like the kind of thing you tell an interviewer to have something to talk about yeah like oh yeah i'm an anarcho-primitivist oh really you do this and stuff yeah i know it's really hard to you know justify my beliefs with my lifestyle but nevertheless here i am apparently he has a record label called fuck city oh which has released music by misery signals okay peregrine which is led by anarcho-primitivist writer kevin tucker Uh uh-huh and Orin. i don't know who any of those are but he at least seems to have you know some like-minded friends yes um speaking of like-minded friends transition um pete wentz has a label too which is called decay dance which is a pretty fun name like decadence right and also like a decay dance Uh uh-huh um and pete wentz is responsible for signing panic at the disco okay and gym class heroes and on their big single patrick stump sings the chorus which is pretty interesting so what's funny about about those two bands is that so Brendan Urie and Travi McCoy, who are the lead singers of those mm-hmm. bands, are often in Fall Out Boy videos. Okay. So like, did I have you watch a little less Sixteen Candles, a little more Touch Me, the Vampire? Yes. One? Uh, yes. Um, first of all, sorry not to spoil you on my thoughts on that. <laughs> you didn't like it. That's that's fine. I liked it. Oh, we need to talk about music videos. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of them were in that, and they were also in the um the scene video. Uh, yeah. Travi was the one doing the uh the anyways. Period. 
it's fun to see them like show up and sort of still be and sort of still be cool like with each other and all that. Yeah. I will say as a side note that uh, Panic at the Disco's new song or one of their new songs has a music video that I watched that felt very much like in in line with all of that where Brendan Urie is like killing ninjas in his while he's waiting for a date to start or whatever in like this ultra violent thing, which I don't know. Music video. I like music videos to tell us. Story? Yeah. So here's my my yeah. thing with music videos. Yeah. I don't like them. Okay. Beca- <laughs> because almost almost ex- that is an almost exclusively true statement. Okay. Because they are they either are just the band playing the song right in a place right which I'm like okay this is fine but I don't need to watch this I can just listen to the song right or they're trying to tell a story that usually has nothing to do with the song like the vampire thing right and all of the Youngblood Chronicles. And right. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, there's so much to unpack. I just wanted to listen to this song. And sure. now I have to figure out why they're eating Patrick's organs. <laughs> and why his eyes are glowing yellow. And who is that chick in the truck? Right. That's about as far as I got in sure. that series. Sure. They die and they meet Elton John, who is God. Yeah, I, I wikipedia Yeah. Now, okay, so... Just... I watched all of the ones that you told me to watch. Okay, so... um. The first one, the, the music video that really got me into them was the Grand Theft Auto Where Is Your Boy video, which is very much just them performing. Right. And that is that is the type of music video that I prefer because yeah. there's, I don't have to think about yeah. it at all. I can just listen to the song and watch them perform. Yeah. Like, it seems like kind of like I don't seek it out because yeah. I'm like, if I'm going to listen to the song, I'd rather be doing something while I listen to it rather sure. than like either looking at the lyrics because I'm trying to learn the lyrics to the song right. or doing something right. like washing dishes or folding laundry or driving my car Absolutely. rather than just sitting here watching this video sure. of them performing. Right. Um. Agreed. I, 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 I can get down with that. And I don't watch yeah. music videos, I think, as much as I, I, I have in the past. Um. I do for, I do a top 10 Tuesday um thing on my blog where uh-huh. i i find i watch music videos for like stuff that's in the top 10 sure that has kept me sort of current on stuff but um mostly i don't watch music videos as much as i used to which is why all my references are to music videos from 12 years ago sure um so that one in the grand theft auto video the thing that really got me was how joe he does this thing with his guitar where it's like his guitar is making him spin around and he can't help it and he's like whoa my guitar whoa right and then pete um does the coolest thing of all time no second coolest thing of all time paramore does this thing where the guitarists will like do backflips over each other okay that's cool but pete does the bass guitar sling where he is playing it and then he throws it and it's on his shoulder so Mm -hmm. it goes around his back and he catches it and keeps playing yeah and he does that in that video and i was like this is amazing oh my god and like they're like going all nuts all and but patrick stump is just standing there singing to the camera (laughs) yeah while stuff is happening behind. Yeah. And I think that really, I was like, okay, well, I can get down with all this. Newfound Glory trained me to really appreciate all that kind of stuff going on sure. in the background, whatever. Um, and Patrick Stump, oof, is way better looking than Jordan Pudnick. Nah. Okay. I I have a, a nostalgic fondness sure. for like our high school years era, Jordan. Mm-hmm. I don't ne- feel like he's really changed. He hasn't really, he's aged, but he hasn't changed. Yeah. And I feel like his particular look doesn't necessarily translate translate as well onto somebody in their late thirties, early forties. Agreed. Patrick just like he's he's like a little teddy bear. He is like a little like, teddy bear. I just want to hug him. I need to see how old Patrick I think Pete Wentz is a little bit older than us. I think he's like nineteen eighty. So. Patrick is a little bit younger than us. He is nineteen eighty four. Okay. Patrick Martin 
Stumpf. Stump? Ph. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I can see why he, you know, goes by a different name professionally. I feel like he could have just, you know, picked a whole different name. Yeah. Stump is not a... I love you, Patrick, but Stump is not a whole lot better than Stump. <laughs> no. But... I guess you may as well cut off that H because it's going to get cut off all the time anyway. Yeah. And leave a Stump. Oh, maybe that's why he did. Maybe that was exactly his thought process. Do you think that's why he, he had a Stump in that video? Because he's... No, I think that was because weird strange plot things um so dance dance is my favorite music video by them okay by by a long shot because it is it it defies well it has the band performing it has but it has the band performing in a context that makes sense sure they're performing at a prom it has dancing which is what the song's about so it's the 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 action that isn't band performing is stuff that makes sense for the song happening sure plus it has both patrick and pete being nerdy and charming mm-hmm. um in a sort of great way um also dressed up as super nerds but they're also performing on stage so it's like wait what is happening yeah um i guess we, we could let's talk about patrick's hair in, in a sec but did dance dance come before sugar, sugar it was down? no uh okay. dance dance was the second single from okay Come Under the so yeah sugar we're going down is yeah. how i got into follow-up okay. like i heard it on the radio Yes, and I oh, was I'm like, so oh, sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. Okay, okay. Um, like I heard it on the radio, and I was like, "Huh, I like this song." And then dance, dance, same yeah. thing. But it it wasn't until maybe the past year and a half or less, yeah, that I was on probably the forums for Zombies Run, yeah. and there was like a, a thread about what do you listen to when you run. And for a long time, I listened to audiobooks and podcasts. But right. when I'm playing Zombies Run, I have to pause the audiobook or whatever to listen to the story section right. and it was getting really annoying and so i was like well maybe i can try some kind of music or something and i had like these playlists but i would be like ugh i don't want to listen to the song ugh i don't want to listen to the song and somebody had suggested fallout boy so i just got a bunch of fallout boy from the library yeah. and like ripped it to my hard drive and was like i'll try this yeah and it works really well because it's all just similar enough for me mm. not to be like, ugh, I don't want to listen to this song. Yeah. Because they all sound, their albums all sound different, but they all sound just similar enough that they flow nicely into sure. one another. So there's very rarely a song where I'm like, ugh, not this one. Right. And so I can just run. It's like, it's good upbeat running music. Yeah. I can just run and not pay attention to it. Yeah. But because of the way Apple's, shuffle algorithms work i know some songs way better than others because it's like oh hey you've listened to this song a whole bunch and i'm like yeah no fucking kidding because you play it every damn time (laughs) i go for a run right i think there was a podcast detected that i was listening to where fallout boy was one of the things that was like yeah i think the first one that i did with liz yeah yeah because i can hear austrian accent of fallout boy yeah i think maybe Maybe it was actually that episode, maybe, rather so. than the Rafflenet forums. Maybe it was Liz suggesting Fallout Boy. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. yeah. So that would have been, I guess, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes! Mm. Two years ago. Yeah. Time, man. Yeah. So that's really interesting. And then, and you do you, now you listen to them not just on runs, or do you not you just say on you... runs? Once in a while, I'll get it. Like I've been listening to Save Rock and Roll a lot because Lorelai has decided she likes it. Yeah. Um. She likes the song uh, "Where Did the Party Go?" Yeah. Which I think sounds like a Katy Perry song. I can being hear that. Covered by Fallout Boy. I can definitely hear that. Yep. Um, the chorus is very kind of like upbeat, like Last Friday Night yeah. sorta. Um, she likes that one. She she likes the Phoenix. That's of course, because... my personal absolute favorite Fallout Boy song. Full stop. If if I had to pick one song 
Like if I had to just say one song, the Phoenix would probably be the one that I would pick yeah. as well. Young Volcanoes is very, very so good. good. Yeah. And apparently Patrick was kind of apprehensive about that one because it focuses a lot more on the vocals and he didn't think that his vocals were strong enough yeah. to carry a song. And I'm like, well, I mean, at this point, you've got like four albums under your belt. So yeah. I think you're good, dude. This makes a great transition. We're, Does it? This, this, we're doing great on transitions. Yeah, we are. Um, if I would stop pointing them out. So I think <laughs> I used to be upset about um, post-Infinity on High Fall Out Boy. Okay. Because I was like, they don't play the same kind of music that they used to, like on was, Take This to Your Grave. Was that the transition between, like, was that where their hiatus happened? Uh, Sorry, I'm looking. You're fine. Um, I'm I looking think, them up I right think now. Infinity on High was the one right before their hiatus happened. Right. And then Save Rock and Roll was the first one after the hiatus. Uh, oh, no, wait. Fully I Do was the one right before the hiatus. Oh, okay. and then And then they had a hiatus, and then Save Rock and Roll was the first one back. Okay. I believe. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Fully I Do was 2008. The Infinity on High was 2007. Yeah, then they took a break. They went on hiatus until 2013. Because Patrick Stump released a solo album called Soul Punk, which I have put on my random number generator list because because I've come to realize that Patrick Stump's vocals are what you should be listening to in in Fall Out Boy. Yeah. I I mean, not in like the, yeah, duh, he's the singer, but that's the the uniting force of of, of all of their stuff. Yeah. And it and it makes or breaks the thing. Like they 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 performed on SNL in two thousand five or something. Okay. And it was not great. Interesting. Because, because SNL is notoriously you have to like I think you basically have to sort of sit with the sound engineer and be like, okay, this is what we want. And I don't feel like Fall Out Boy did that. Okay. Um. So the vocals were bad and like low and whatever, and that that sort of cr- crummied up the the entire performance. Okay. I don't think that the drumming or the instrumentation is unique enough or like outstanding enough. Patrick Stump's vocals are what are what makes it, which was why, which is why the Phoenix I think is the is their strongest song. God, because I, it has the like, best I don't, Patrick vocals. I think. Yeah, I don't have like emotional reactions to music very often, but like that one gives me chills. Yeah. I love that song yeah. so much, yeah. and it's interesting. So I just bought "Take This to Your Grave" yeah. like three weeks ago. Yeah. Because that one and I guess it was about, it was about a month ago. Uh, I bought that one in Mania. Yeah. Because I listened to Mania when I went to pick Kevin up at the airport. Yeah. Um, and that was when I was like, ew, I hate this song, which we will get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, but so I hadn't heard Take This to Your Grave until I think I sat today. I was the first time I sat down to listen to it. Yeah. It, they they sound like Newfound Glory. I mean, they don't, but it's like very much that like pop punk style. And yeah. what I'm used to is more like the singles from, um, from Under the Cork Tree. Under the Cork yeah. Tree. And then Folia de, I feel like, is a weird, different sound. It's but, much slower, more yep. ballady. Yep. Um, that is one that I don't tend to listen to as much because it, like, I usually skip it when it comes up on my runs. Yeah. Because it's not as good to run to. My, right. I get. I get that. That has. Um, uh, two stories. Um, that has "What a Catch, Donnie" on it, which is a. I, I really, really like that song. It's yeah. not a good running song. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Um, it's a good like warm up, cool down song. I get, I can get that totally. Um, I really like it because Fall Out Boy is maybe as nostalgic as I am. And that song has lines from all of their previous singles in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it starts out well. The first thing that happens is that Elvis Costello sings a line from a song that is also on Fully I Do. Okay. Um, from uh the the bass one. Um, the um, there's a something about stealing second bass to something something something. It's a really long title. 
head first slide into Cooperstown on a bad bet. That. Um, I was like, I don't see anything about basses here, but here's the longest title on the album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Elvis Costello um, sings that, which is gigantic. It's like having Paul McCartney sing. Yeah. Um, well, okay, not maybe not Paul McCartney, but like, anyways. Um, it's like having Elvis Costello sing. It's a little bit like having Elvis Costello sing. But then, um, so then they have this like chorus that goes on and on that is mostly na-na-nas because okay. underneath it are... Brendan Urie and Travi McCoy and a guy from the Academy is and a guy from all these other bands singing one line from each of like, uh, I think they sing uh, Grand Theft Auto, Sugar, Dance Dance, uh, This Ain't a Scene, uh, Thanks for the Memories, and mm-hmm. then Growing Up, which is their, f- like, from their first album. Okay. Follow Up Boys Evening Out with Your Girlfriend. That is, is a- one that I don't have. I don't think you should pick it up. No? I, I grabbed Growing Up because of that inclusion on that thing. Mm-hmm. It's not polished. It's like it's. I think it's less polished than Nothing Girl Can Stay. Oh, yeah. It's Do you not have as, it? Uh, no. Oh, I was going to say because I kind of want to hear it now. That cause... song is not polished and sort of speaks to me about. I think I've listened like if to it the one time. Off of it was not. right. See, nothing gold can stay is so unpolished, but that's part of its beauty. Right, but like, like, but but it's about, a nostal- it's a nostalgia thing yeah. for me. I but, listen to nothing gold can stay, and I'm like, wow, this is so not great, yeah. but I loved it so much anyway. But you know how it's all about the girls is like yikes, like that you can see that it has bones that are yeah. good, but like almost nothing about it is great. Yeah, what what's the one that they? Re, they covered it or they redid it for um, self-titled. I'm drawing a blank on what it's That's called. That's Hit or Miss. Hit or Miss was on both Nothing Gold Can Stay and yeah. self-titled. Yeah. So that one sounds like a completely different song right. on Nothing Gold Can Stay right. Right. because they play up the core, like yeah. the background vocals yeah. instead of Jordan singing like the main lines right. of the song. Right. And I, it took me a while to figure out. I was like, what? Like this is the same song, but what is, oh, it's because I can't actually hear what, what the singer is singing. Right. Yeah. Uh, actually, similarly, Calm Before the Storm was on uh, Fall Out Boy's Evening Out with Your Girlfriend, and then okay. they redid it for Take This to Your Grave. Oh, okay. So, uh, but so that song, What a Catch Donnie, has all has this like other part to it where it's, you know, yeah. Brendan Urie singing Dance Dance in sort of a, a fun way. Like, that I'm like, this is awesome. Like, it's a little hidden sort of Easter egg thing yeah. in the middle of it. I'm sure I've noticed it, it but again, I, I don't listen to that album very, like, I probably picked up on like, hey, that's a line from Dance Dance. It's really, really deep. I I didn't hear it. I listened to the album and I was looking at Wikipedia and I was like, wait, what's this? I need to go listen to that one yeah, again. Yeah. Um, it's a good song. It's a good song. Uh, I can totally understand how it's not a running song. Yeah. Like it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a good album, but the whole thing is just so much slower. Yeah. It was hard to, it was hard to be like, oh, okay. There were some great songs on Infinity on High, but then... We're going slower, so ugh. I think From Under the Cork Tree is my favorite song names mm-hmm. album because mm-hmm. they're all just that that so has the best ridiculous. Songs. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like all Champagne for My Real Friends, mm-hmm. Real Pain for My Sham Friends yeah. is maybe my favorite of all of their titles. Yeah. That's a great that's a great I love it so much. My personal favorite titles are uh, often first tracks. Okay. Um, the first track of uh, of from another court tree, of course, is our lawyers made us change the name of the song so we wouldn't get sued. <laughs> right. Which is do we? The does best. anybody know what is? It's in, it's it's something about uh, I'm such and such, and this is uh, it's in the it's in the article about the about the album. It's a reference to another. You're, I was gonna say you're pointing at me like I know. Sorry, I thought you I'm, had the album. The... No, no, I have uh, iTunes. iTunes. Right yeah, it's it's in there. It's something like I'm so and so, and these are the temptations or whatever i'm oh, david okay. ruffin and these are the temptations i think oh, okay. maybe the thing but like the temptations were like nope <laughs> um, 
Okay. <laughs> and then the uh, the the Take This to Your Grave, the first track, is a quote from Rushmore, uh, which I read in, in that possibly that AP article from February 2007, because I was definitely reading AP for a while there. Uh-huh. Although it doesn't make sense that they would be talking about that four years later. I probably read, you know, a June 2003 issue that was talking about, like, it's a quote uh, that is, tell that Mick he just made my list of things to do today. Uh-huh. Um, Mick is, of course, a racial st- <laughs> racial <laughs> right. racial uh, slur. slur. Yeah. Um, so they were like, make sure the quotes are there because, you know, Patrick Stump's Irish. So he's like, my yeah. grandmother will kill me right. if I can't be like, it's a quote. There's no quotes yeah. in, uh, in, the, iTunes? in the version I bought on yeah. iTunes. <laughs> no quotes at all. That's so funny. But yeah, like uh, from, un- from Another Court Tree has some great, it has a, a Shawshank reference. Um, get Busy Living or Get Busy Dying. Uh-huh. That's uh, Shawshank. Yep. I really love this band. Yep. They're really good. From Under the Cork Tree is... Mm, ugh, I was about to say it, but I don't think I can. I, I, I go back and forth between Take This to Your Grave and uh, From Under the Cork Tree for favorite album. Oh, other hidden Easter egg. Mm-hmm. The last track on Take This to Your Grave, the very last bit of it, in the background, they say, Take This to Your Grave and I'll Take It to Mine. You can't. You have to know to listen for it. Okay. But uh, that's, that's a fun little thing to end up the album, too. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry, I keep, I'm like scrolling through my iTunes right yeah. now and I keep going back to save rock and roll and I'm like, God, just every song on this album. Like, Miss Missing You, yeah. I love. Yeah. I love Where Did the Party Go? It's like, just so like, yeah. It, the video for that makes no fucking sense. Which one song. is that? That's the one where he's like wandering around in the hospital and like right. seeing, I'm trying to remember, like seeing zombie people partying or something. They're they're like not really even partying though. They're basically he. Uh, it's when Patrick is starting to hallucinate, right? And so he's like hallucinating things. I think it's right before he kills Joe. I think he uh-huh. kills Joe in that episode. Oh. In that uh, episode. Yeah. In that video. Um. Real for anybody yeah. who doesn't yeah. know, um, Fallout Boy took all of the songs from the album Save Rock and Roll and the music videos for them. They. they didn't release them in the order that the songs are on the album, but they released them in order so that if you string them all together, it creates roughly an hour-long movie called The Youngblood Chronicles, which is a reference to a line in uh, The Phoenix. And I use the term movie fairly loosely. I mean, all of them strung together do have a narrative. Yeah. The narrative of The Youngblood Chronicles is nothing that I can see to do with the narrative of the individual songs. Right. But like there's this whole thing where these sexy ladies kidnap Patrick and cut off his hand and send it to Pete via like paper delivery boy. Right. And Pete doesn't seem overly concerned. He's just like, even though it's clearly Patrick's hand because it's got the fallout boy tattoo on it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I guess I should go send a bird to get a, my a, buddies. A peregrine falcon a to peregrine deliver falcon. stuff. Yeah. Um, and then they all go and try to find Patrick, who has been tied down and is like having his organs cut out. And he starts turning evil. He gets like um, Pavlov's I, dog about music. Like music turns him into an evil dude. Yeah. I didn't watch all of them. It's basically Patrick running after them. And then he kills all of them. And then they go to heaven and meet Elton John, who is God. And then they come back to life. Okay. I think that's it. It was weird. It's it's super weird. I remember that I was I was paying attention when they were releasing them, you know, number one of 14, right. whatever. So I hadn't watched them all at once. Right. And of course, the um, My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark, parentheses, Light Em Up, was, a, was a single. Yeah. And that video is basically just... Two chains burning records and yep. that's it. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Like, Fall Out Boy <laughs> is not really in it that much. They're in it at the very end. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Um, but, like, I didn't notice when uh, Young Sean... Young Sean? Sean... Yeah, Young Sean. The, the rapper that's on... I don't remember what the name of the song is. The only rapper that's on the album. Um, oh, it's um, 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 The Mighty Fall, which is another great song. Yeah. Like the chorus of that, it, ugh, I love it. Yeah. Um, I noticed when they, they freed him from the hospital, I was like, oh, there's that guy that's going to be in a couple songs from now. Oh, okay. Um, and then like Courtney Love plays someone and yeah. um, Foxes plays someone. She was the weird chick in the truck. With the eyes, yeah. With the eyes. And then of course Elton John... I think the title track Phoenix is the is my favorite song on the album. Uh-huh. The title track at the end is probably my second favorite. Young yeah. Volcanoes is maybe maybe it's Young Volcanoes and then the title. I just love it's so different and yeah. it samples an old Fall Out Boy song, which is fun. Um, yeah, it samples a song from Take This to Your Grave, which okay. is really weird. Um, which is oh, well, I'm so is... excited. So have you not listened to Take This to Your Grave all the way through? Not all the way. No. Oh, I'm so excited for you to hear the song. You were on Grenade Jumper, if I noticed your iTunes well enough. Yes, I was. I was on Grenade Jumper, so I still had three more to go. I do. So re- while while we are, I want to hear your theory about why I like Fallout Boy and how it ties into your theory about why I don't like Young and Menace. Young and Menace from their new album which just came out this year. Right. Um, okay. Well, I've already said most of my theory, which okay. is that Patrick Stump's vocals are the bedrock of, yes. the, of the band. And the better the vocals are, regardless of genre, because his yeah. vocals are great in Take This to Your Grave and they're great in Mania. Yeah. Except for Young and Menace, where it's almost entirely messing with his with the sound of his voice higher and lower and slower and faster and whatever. sound like Fallout Boy. And it's... and. I, and I don't love the other song that has a featured artist where like half of it is like reggae. Oh, I I was listening to that. Um, that was Sunshine one... um, Sunshine Riptide. Yeah, I was listening to that tonight, and I was like, "Really, Aaron? This one was okay." It's well, so funny that you no, were like. <laughs> so that was when I texted you the other day. I was like, "I'm re-listening to Mania, trying to remember which song I didn't like. I think it was Sunshine Riptide." Oh, nope, <laughs> nope. Just kidding. Yeah, Young and Menace. Um. I don't like Sunshine Riptide, but I can listen to it. Yeah, uh, Young and Menace, I have not listened to all the way through. It offends me. It's, it, but I mean, like I was listening to it, and, I, and I'm fine with it. I get, yeah. I get what they're doing. And sometimes when a band is like, like kind of like a Good Riddance, uh, Time of Your Life by Green Day, sure, where it's like, hey, here's an acoustic song. Fuck you. No, but this see, is. I like that. I would love an acoustic Patrick Patrick Stump. Oh, is that what Aaron, his solo album is? No, oh. I don't think so. But. My heart will always be the B side of my tongue is an all acoustic EP. <gasps> I it, need now, it. It's it was released right after Take This to Your Grave, so it has like I think it has two or three acoustic Take This to Your Grave songs, a Bowie cover, and um, a song that would eventually be re-recorded for uh, for from from Under the Cork Tree. The um, I need it. How do I get it? Is it on iTunes? I can give it to you. Yeah, you have it? Sh- it should be on iTunes, but I can give it to you. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yay. Um, it's good. Yeah, so it's acoustic. I, l- I, r- I, l- I like acoustic yeah. stuff. Like when you've got like a really talented singer. Yeah. And that was the first, the first thing I heard by them was that it was that EP. So okay. I was like, all right, cool. And then I heard Take This to Your Grave and I was like, okay, all right, I get this. And then you heard that same song on Two Vans Warped Tour and you're like, Well, eh. that, that was before that. That was like, oh. um, I don't, I can't think of another example where I was like, ugh. And then I actually listened to any of it and I was sort of like, oh, oh no, okay. All right, I get this. This, the singles are not necessarily representative of, yeah, of, of what I what I enjoyed about them 
I will say that the singles have gotten more enjoyable. Like, I think that the singles on, for instance, uh, American Beauty, American Psycho, uh-huh. uh, which are Uma Thurman and which, which Centuries. Is a, yeah. Are, and Immortals, of course, which was on Big Hero 6. Yes. <laughs> which, it's a great song. Yeah. I don't know. That, that, like, I feel like the singles are just as strong as the rest of the album, which is interesting because I feel like... Well, no, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not making a point. I believe in because Grand Theft Autumn is is one of my favorite songs on that first album, and it was a single. So like, well, I think there there's very. I feel like there was very clearly a different sound before and after the hiatus. Yeah, and I think that for the most part, the singles from before the hiatus tend to be a little more pop. Yeah, like they're 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 more singly. Yeah, they're more pop. They're not necessarily better or worse, but yeah. they are different. Yeah. Um, they're more mainstream, more appealing to a larger audience. Because they were living in that in in the time yeah. period where they could where they needed to. Oh man, dang it! Spe- there's oh. there's something else. Oh, go, what are you gonna say? I was gonna say, speaking of pop, yeah, that the YouTube video that you sent me earlier today. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so for our li- <laughs> for our listeners, this is probably a not safe for work video because it's from the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show of 2013. And I definitely found it searching Follow Boy at. 2.30 in the morning this morning. So like, yes. it was certainly a find. <laughs> so there, so Fall Out Boy performed at the 2013 Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. Right. They performed My Songs Know What You Did in the Dark. Right. With Taylor Swift. Yep. And it was fucking incredible. Yep. It was amazing. Yeah. I would not have ever expected to like that combination, to, to see that combination. Yeah. And to like it. Yeah. She rocked it. Yep. Like, I know she's got more grit to her than she tends to... Like, I think most of 1989 is indicative that she's got more grit to her than yeah. she most people tend to think. Sure, absolutely. But yeah, like, she got... I, I want to hear her do the Phoenix with them. Of course. I want to hear everybody do the Phoenix <laughs> with them because the Phoenix is the best song. <laughs> I love it so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. She was really good. Uh, did you get a chance to listen to the Demi Lovato Irresistible? No. Is that... Unless it's the one that was on the album, no. Um, I think they did a re-release of the album with it okay. on it, but um, I don't think I have. That you would one. know because she sings lines of Patrick. Yeah, um, I'm only I'm only bringing to mind like yeah. the the title line right yeah. now in my head. Right. So um, she does okay. She like she, I would say she's Demi Lovato is a very very competent singer. Yeah. Um, Christina also that we've mentioned several times before. Um recommended i listened to her well she recommended her album as being like phenomenal yeah and that gets it on my random number generator list like someone gushing about an album basically mm-hmm. i'm like no all right um and i listened to it and like it's really great like okay. it's really great this it's the one a- with uh, n- uh sorry not sorry on it i don't know if i, I know don't that. remember um, i think the only i think give your heart a break is the only demi lovato song that i know okay I don't know that one. Oh no, yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. I was gonna say yes, you do. If I know it, I'm sure it was. Well, and then let it go. But right, I don't don't count that as a song. Talk about that, right? Um, Her version was not as good as Idina's, and also that song is tired. Okay, for for me at this point, I'm just I don't want to hear it ever again. (laughs) I I don't want to hear Demi Lovato's version. Um, I don't feel like she did it good. Yeah, I don't mind hearing the song in the context of the movie in the background while the kids are watching it. Sure. But if they're like, "Mommy, let's listen to Let It Like Alexa, play Let It Go." I'm like, "God, no, please." Yeah. Alexa, play The Phoenix, <laughs> <laughs> which Lorelai is fine with. Um she has started requesting that Alexa play Fallout Boy. Nice. And I love it. She was like, "Mommy, can I get Fallout Boy on my phone?" 
like my old phone that she uses as an iPod. I feel like I have to clarify for people listening who are right. like, you gave your seven-year-old her own phone? Right. I mean, yes, but no. Right. Can I get Fall Out Boy on my phone? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> have all of them. 84 um, Fall Out Boy songs. She's like, I really just wanted Where Did the Party Go? I'm like, you have all of them. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a good way to do it too because then it's like, let me, now that I'm sick of Where Did the Party Go? Yeah. Let me see what else there is. She actually does book. like that whole album. Though. Yeah. What's well, a great album? Um, I had something else that I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was. So. Well, today is Jay-Z's birthday. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about when Fall Out Boy signed to Jay-Z's record label. Okay. Um, which they did. And so Jay-Z is on uh, the first track of Infinity on High. Okay. And the second track of Infinity on High also has quotes around it. And it's the takeover, the break, the takeover, the breaks over, which is a Jay-Z line. There's no quotes on it on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, iTunes. It probably messes with something. Probably. <laughs> um, but so it was very weird to have them sign to his label. And there was, I read a story about it. Maybe that was the February 2007 AP article. That could um, be. That was basically like, he got on the phone. He's like, hey, I'm the president of, I want to say Def Jam, but I'm not positive about that. I'm, he's like, I'm, I, I now own, I'm now the president of your label. And they're like, okay, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice Garrett voice there, by yeah, the way. <laughs> exactly, yeah, Garrett voice all the way, um, which is why in the Infinity on High video, which references all their other videos, like it has, uh, it starts with the, it basically starts at the end of the Dance Dance video. Okay. Um, and then like it may, anyways, there's a part where they're playing for someone who's recording them and it's all like, it's them yes, and yes, all yes. black people in the room. Yes. And I think that's a reference to the recording of Infinity on High being at this new label that was run by jay-z okay where it's sort of like we're not cool but we can rock right sorry yeah no fine no nope. had had a little uh brain shut down there where i was like but the i was thinking i watched videos today and while like and also listened to um take this to your grave yeah. and so i had a momentary brain shut down where i was like but wasn't that video for a song on take this to your grave which was released way before what right, right. time travel <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remembered the thing I was going to say. Have I made you this? And this is tangentially relevant. Have I made you listen to Ashley Simpson's I uh, uh, I Am Me? I don't think so. Okay. I'm going to make you listen to that. Well, I'll put it on my list right now. Okay. Um, It's very good. Apparently, I heard about it from Caleb, who heard it at a tattoo parlor and was like, what is this? I'm yeah. really digging this. And they're like, oh, this is Ashley Simpson's new album. And right. he was like, I'm sorry, what now? Yeah. And so he had like randomly mentioned at some point in a conversation, he was like, yeah, the Ashley Simpson album's really good. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And so I checked it out and sure enough, it's really good. It's the only one of her albums that I actually like. Does it have pieces of? No, okay. no, that is, I think Pieces of You okay. was the, no, this was. Is it Pieces of Me and Pieces of You is Jewel? Yes. Okay. Yes, that is correct. Um, no, I Am Me is, it's like, yeah, it's very good. I am putting it on right now. Um, when we, when my sister and I saw them, uh, I think they opened for Blink One Eighty Two. Fallout yeah. Boy did. Yeah, uh, Brooklyn and Bronx. Brooklyn. What is the name of his child? Bronx. Bronx. Uh, Bronx Mowgli. Right. Oh, Bronx Mowgli is the middle name. I thought Mowgli was the name of his other child. No, I think they only had one. Okay. Um, was backstage with Ashley Simpson. Like he kept going and like I guess they were still together at the time. It yeah. was two thousand eleven. Yeah, I don't remember when they split up. Yeah. It was 2012. That makes more sense. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Because like 2011, I think they were still broken up. Like uh, Fall Out Boy was still broken up. Anyways. Oh, um, yeah, because 
Because Save Rock and Roll was 2013. So, okay, so maybe it was 2013. Okay. Um, maybe yeah, that makes sense. Because then Blink One Eight Two was coming off a of hiatus too, and whatever. Okay. So yeah, they he kept going and like checking on them and like kind of Aww. talking to them on side of the stage. Yeah, it was cute. That's cute. I think he may have brought them out on stage. Or at least his kid, maybe he brought him out and whatever. So, yeah, sweet. Pete Wentz is an enigma to me. Because... Yeah. So, he's like the star of all the music videos. A little, yeah. Probably because he's the pretty one. Sure. He's the face of Fallout Boy, probably because he's the pretty one. Knowing that he writes all the lyrics and is like super serious lyric boy. Yeah. And, like, I mean, nobody ever noticed... This is possibly the only band I can think of where the bass player is even noticed. Much less people know his name more than they know the singer and guitarist's names. Hey, no one at Aaron. Yeah, no. nobody at me. I don't know a lot of bands, okay? I'm I'm thinking of Fallout Boy and the O'Neaters. Okay. Where the bass player oh, actively did not have Between a name. Between those two, Fallout Boy would seem like right. Okay, yes. But like yeah, I feel like the Oftentimes the singer I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but oftentimes no. the singer will be the bass player, which is why like Mark Hoppus is the bass player. Oh, well I'm I'm talking but like, I guess specifically about ones where the bass player is not the not singer. The singer. Right. But oftentimes, and shout out to all my bass players out there, playing the bass is easier than playing the guitar. Don't at me either. <laughs> so that's why I feel like you can sing and yeah. and play the bass. So like it's like way rarer for the drummer to be the singer, although that does yeah. happen too. But I feel like it's because like... That sounds like a an acoustical nightmare to set up. You definitely have to set it up super, super carefully. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry I interrupted. I interrupted no, that's fine. I don't baseball. think I really had much of a point except that Pete is pretty, mm-hmm. I guess. I think he... I dig his... Okay, where would Fallout Boy fall on the F Deposers scale? Oh, um, it would be w- preppy. Would... I think I think that the author of My Immortal would find them to be preps. Really? Um, I think so. Okay. Post take this... So my friend Michelle was super into Fallout Boy and she actually played... So in this research that we were doing we would we would listen to music and my friend michelle played fall boy um there and that was where i first heard the album as a whole and was sort of like oh maybe this has something to it okay then from under the cork tree came out and she was like i'm out this is too poppy okay and i was like that's ridiculous this is a great album okay <laughs> um so i you know I, I i hung on and she was out i think they reached a level of sort of like mall punk um cred that they probably but see so did my chemical romance yeah. I think that maybe they were just sort of maybe like the slot before. Well, and Good Charlotte too. That's true. And Good Charlotte. Like, they, I, maybe they, I listened to Good Charlotte yeah. in high school. I mean, yeah. I listened to the singles that were on the radio, but still, right. I don't, like, I would put Fall Out Boy and Good Charlotte, like, in the same box. Hmm. Yeah, I could I could see that. Good Charlotte is, a, is, a, is an excellent counterpoint to what I'm saying. I think that Fall Out Boy maybe falls in between Good Charlotte in, in, a, in a, like, a chronological standpoint. Falls in between Good Charlotte and My Chemical Romance. I guess for me also, like, I don't know a lot of MCR, yeah. but the, what? It's adorable. Nothing. Go ahead. The, okay. The songs and bands that were referenced in My Immortal, to me, seemed kind of pop punky. Like, I would have expected a lot more, like, growling, just based on everything else going on in My Immortal. And don't you love that I am holding up My Immortal well, as... It just- my like my basis for jumping off on my musical knowledge here i mean it it comes back around though like i think you know my immortal just keeps having depths to mine because i I think so my immortal of course is an evanescence song yeah um, yeah yeah. and evanescence and my chemical romance and good charlotte and all of those would be 
who you would reference if you were someone who was writing as someone who was into that stuff. Okay. So I think that there might be a level of who are the popular bands, Google, 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 or Yahoo, Yahoo. I'm not sure when My Immortal came out. Sure. Um, Ask Jeeves. Yeah, ask Jeeves. <laughs> Jeeves? Jeeves, who are bands that <laughs> Who are bands? <laughs> that wear black listen to? Because the true, you know, the true goths, uh-huh. would either be listening to stuff like Joy Division and The Cure and like 80s, right, right. like really sad stuff. Sure. Or growly, like yeah, motionless like, and white. But like the, the music that my brother listened to. Right. There's, and he did listen to MCR, yeah. but I didn't, like most of the stuff he listened to was like growly, yep. screamo, yep. Rah, 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 yeah. Yeah. like hurt my throat to listen to it. Yeah. And I wouldn't have put any of the bands in my immortal on that list right which just which just goes to show to me it further proves the point that this is at least double meta and that the person who was writing it was not actually part of the scene that they were viewing the scene from the outside and just sort of doing a quick survey of a hot topic yeah um and and then sort of moving on this is all like that question that i had asked you a while back about um my nano book where i was like hey uh what music would this character have listened to yeah is because I was like, Fallout Boy, Good Charlotte, like, yeah. If if she was kind of like a punk version of the chick from My Immortal, right? What would she listen to? Yeah, yeah. I really wanted the answer to be Fallout Boy, but it sounds like probably I not. See. Well, may, I mean, it depends. It would be a very specific time. I feel like by the time they were in on Infinity on High, it was a different era. Yeah. Um, Front of the Cork Tree was sort of an interesting release in terms of their popularity. Yeah. Um. You know, there's a song on it called uh, um, Sophomore Slump or Comeback of the Year mm-hmm. because it was like, all right, can we do this again? Or yeah. is this going to be, you know, crap? And yeah. it was great, but they also got incredibly popular. So, yeah, I mean, I think Fall Out Boy is a very good band to like. And um, not that you need my not need my approval, but I, I do. Don't. I do give my approval on this. I like Fall Out Boy. I like it. I like them. I have come back around. Researching for this episode has made me re fall in love with Fall Out Boy and like the early stuff for what the early stuff is and the later stuff what the later stuff is. All united by Patrick Stump's very very good vocals. Yes. So that's gonna do it. Um, I was gonna say I don't have yeah. anything so profound to say. Just yeah, everybody go listen to the Phoenix. I'm just yeah, definitely the Phoenix is very very excellent. Um, so and I mean Pitch Perfect two put a Fall Out Boy song in their repertoire. They did. So they clearly, did. absolutely, there's there's some cachet there. Yep, absolutely. In James's mind. Yeah, I mean they that was all, yeah that wasn't that wasn't a battle to be won, but like no, I know, but <laughs> okay, I feel like you like Pitch Perfect, you like Fall Out Boy, ergo yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm always I always find it valuable when I'm seeing a new a Pitch Perfect movie, and I'm like, I know that song, yeah, because yeah. sometimes it doesn't happen that way, yeah. Um, oftentimes it doesn't happen that way. Um, so I think that's gonna do it. Shall we move on to some social media? Yes, let's do short social media. Okay, we have a Facebook page, a Facebook group. It is called Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at UFO Podcast. You decide what the F stands for tonight. The F stands for. Fuck anarcho-primitivists. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm just re- joking. Please don't come with me with your caveman clubs. We uh, uh, are individually on Twitter. I am at Unabashed James. I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. Uh, we have a Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash unabashedly obsessed. Yes. And because of our Patreon, we also have a live stream, com- stream coming up. In the past, I have said that it was December 22nd. That is the Saturday. We are live streaming on December 21st, which is 
the Friday. Right. Yes, it is the solstice. Happy Yule, everybody. Yeah. May I plug my new project real quick? Do it. Do it all day. I have a new podcast with Elizabeth from Your Favorite's Problematic. We have a new show called FMK All Day, uh-huh. where we play Fuck, Mary Kill. Yes. Each episode so far is under 10 minutes. We will. We are willing to go up to 15. I don't know that we'll ever get that far, but we gave Maybe ourselves... Maybe with like a guest or something. Yeah, we gave ourselves wiggle room. If you're not easily offended by sexual activity and murder then come listen to my new podcast if you liked our tom hanks related fmks that we did for the burbs dragnet that we did for dragnet and you'd like it to be between two women and uh maybe like 20 to 35 percent raunchier slash more graphic detail about murder and sex and weddings no i'm just joking up that percentage a bit great you've only listened to two episodes i've not even listened to them yet okay Two ep- only two episodes are out. Now, you may be asking why why I decided to, st- to jump in on this pitch. And that's a great question. Aaron, please continue. You can find us at FMK All Day Pod at Twitter. On Twitter, not yes. at Twitter. There's no extra at. Okay. Just the one at. Thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song. Did you guys know there was a ladder down here? You can find Jamie on YouTube with his band, A Silent Few. Thank you also to Emily Cardamus for our logo art. You can find Emily on Twitter at Corrupted Gem. Emily has a show called uh, Something Treasures. Guilty Treasures. Guilty Treasures. Uh, she just had a second McElroy brother on this week. Justin or Griffin? Justin was on this week talking about uh, employee training videos. Interesting. So I guess if you get them to have merch that they sell that you've made, they are okay with having an email or having a being on your podcast. Cool. So go listen to that. Um, yeah. Awesome. So all right. Yeah. We have made an episode that is as long as a Fallout Boy title. Yep. And I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm James. I'm Aaron. Smoking kills. And so do pennies. So long and thanks for the memories. Oh, okay. Everybody. Unabashedly obsessed evening out with your girlfriend. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what his girlfriend is, really. Neurotica for feminists. Yes, go buy that book. <laughs>